Glory to God. Lift up your two hands and bless the name of the Lord this morning. We are here because he has ordained us to be here. Give him all the praise and adoration. Father, we love you so much and we thank you. You are faithful. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed Holy Spirit, we welcome your majestic presence. We appreciate you so much. You are our teacher and our guide. The one who leads us into all the truth. Lead us to the truth today. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. The one who reigns forever. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We appreciate you. Amen. Please have your seats. The Lord is absolutely good. Amen. Good morning and welcome again to the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm taking you this morning on the journey of vision. Praise God. What, what, whatever God programs is what he protects and provides for. Amen. Whatever he programs, whatever he programs and reveals is what he provides for and protects. I remember telling you one time that in the year 1992 January the 1st of January the Lord told me he said just as I brought Abraham from darkness to give him light that he will go forth and show light to those in darkness so I took you from the mud to cleanse you that you will bring those who are in the mud unto cleansing. This ministry has very important pillars and last week Sunday I made you to look at this thing that is there again. We do business with the word of God. We do what? Business with the word of God. So our vision says that we are holding for the light of dominion for a majestic life. So if you want to walk in majesty, then you have to hallow the word of God and carry it, not to be ashamed of the word, but you show it forth. Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, both the Greek and the Jew. He said, in that word, we go from faith to faith. That's in verse 17. 
So that is what we carry. And the entails, whatever thing that goes along with the word of God is our benefit. But we hold it for. Amen. And I, I told you, so if you have watched me, I speak a lot about love. A lot about it. It's just unfortunate that because I talk too much about love, people take me for granted. But love also has a whip, true or false. So you carry this word in the light, in the atmosphere of love. So you don't go to judge people, but you go to present the love of God to them in your evangelism. In the atmosphere of love, we go forth to do this great commission. That is the assignment God gave to us. And there's no question about it. There's no negotiation about it. And God said that we must seek first the kingdom of God and then his what? Righteousness and he will add. Every genuine testimony that you hear is anchored on somebody doing the word of God. Every genuine testimony, every testimony that endures and lasts must be a product of somebody trading with the word of God. Now remember that God said this. I read this. I studied that. I heard this when somebody was preaching and I acted on it and I have a miracle. Because you acted on God's word, you will be able to stand to defend that testimony unto the end. When Satan comes again, you have what it takes to give to him and take, tell him away. So the word of God is a major issue. Our assignment is just one. Our assignment is what? One. We teach the word so that we will go and bring the world. We teach it. So when we understand God's word, we carry what we have received and give to others. And then they will come out of the world into the kingdom. Until we do that one, we have not begun. We have not begun. This year is declared the, our, our year of triumph. And uh, we profess that we have what? Authority in Christ. And that authority is not magic. The authority is the victory of the word of God that radiates in our lives and exudes from us to be a blessing to people. When you leave your vision, you die a pauper. I have seen a dead person, a corpse that was angry before. It, it sounds strange to you. You look at the face of the person lying down there and the person is angry. You know why? He missed out on certain things that he should have done. He didn't do. So this anguish of the soul towards the end of his time on earth found expression in the face. Don't die 
with regrets. Don't. Rather stick out your neck and let people try to cut your neck. Better. Hello? I just pray I'm not speaking in too much of parables and riddles. Uh, well, I think that is how it is. So we reign in life by the light of dominion and nothing more than that. This morning I want to just share something with you from Acts chapter 8. It's a story you know very well. Draw a few lessons from there. And this may be about the shortest message that I will preach this year. Apart from the one I preached somewhere. Shortest. Don't ask me for time. When I'm done, you will know. Praise God. Several years ago, one of the men of God that I served under said something. And growing up in the ministry, I came to understand that what he said is true. But not wholly true. He said you will never get your people until you get them on Sunday. So when you get them on Sunday, give them what they should have taken on Wednesdays and Fridays, Monday and Tuesdays, and maybe Saturday mornings. Package everything and put it inside them. Because you won't see them again until next Sunday. And I think somehow you have proved that what he said is true. Because we'll look for you on Thursday, we don't find you. God is faithful. Now the chapter 8 talks about Saul's mission on his persecution agenda. He had gone to take permission from the high priest, take credentials from him, to go to Damascus, go into Syria to go and arrest people, persecute the Christians and bring them to book at the headquarters. Paul was a very serious person. He was a busy man. He was working for God in his own understanding. He was defending Judaism. The same way that the Muslims behave over here. They are working for God. The Buddhist says he's working for who? For God. Everybody's working for God. Nanagrada is working for God. When you ask, they will tell you we are doing God's work. Is that not the English they speak? All of us are doing the same thing. And they say we are all we are serving the same God. And then sometimes some of us, as Holy Ghost for as we are, agree with them. We are serving the same God. Which God are you serving? Do you know the God you are serving? If you know the God you are serving then you'll be conscious of what he wants you to do. The last words of a dying man are always treasured. The last words of a dying man. And the last words of Jesus Christ when he was living was just that. Before he left, he spoke about the kingdom. When he was living, he spoke about the kingdom. When he left, he sent the major instrument for success in the kingdom work, which is the Holy Ghost. Everything about Christ is the kingdom. In chapter 2 of the book of Luke, he says, didn't you know that I should be about my father's business? 
He calls that one business. It is God's business. I should be about it. Whose business are you pursuing? Is it your business or God's business? And I've told you, you cannot get to any point where you say, I didn't have opportunity to preach the kingdom to anybody. You cannot get to that point. You always have opportunity. Always. Anywhere you are, you have the opportunity. Every single day is an opportunity for you to speak about Jesus. Every single day in your life. Wherever you go, it's an opportunity for you to talk to somebody about Christ. In the bus, in your office, in your home, those of us who live in compound houses, there are many people there that we have vowed not to talk to in life until we die. And those are the ones we must preach to. Because there is no love, you don't have the, 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 the vim. When you go to Kumasi, vim is a major word. You don't have the vim. That's the way they call it. Vim. You don't say vim. Yes, you don't have the vim. It enters every part of your being and brings you down a while. Vim. Because there's no love. Look, someone who is going to hell and you are beholding the person right before you, but because you don't like that person. And when a Christian begins to walk in bitterness and anger, that's a person who cannot spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are bitter, you are angry, you find fault with everybody, you can't talk anything. When you want to talk, you, you, that, 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 that power is not there. I've told you one time I, that was somewhere in 1997. I was going somewhere and I saw an old man picking sticks. <laughs> My usual way, I greeted. Mama, I want to say, hey, sofo. Eh? So, The woman knew me. I didn't know her. I was greeting her casually. As my upbringing dictates that I do. And the woman now described me as pastor. And he said, how far are you going? And I told her, just two houses away from here. And he said, I shall come again. Do you know what it means? That she will come to church again. She wanted me to know that she'd been in the church before. I shall come again. And that's why I tell pastors, when you stand on the altar, your eyes are two. The eyes that see you multiply. But most times your eyes are one and a half. When in the course of delivering the message of heaven, you lose the trust sight. And people you don't see but they see you, they watch you, they listen to you. If there's any place to fear, it is where multitudes are looking at you. That's where you should fear. That's where you should fear. Your darling, someone who is an ardent follower that you never met before, is coming that day only to come to discover that you are not the person that he thought you are. This is where we are. That place is where you are. In that house. That's where your altar is. 
in the place of work. That's where your altar is. In the streets, in the vehicle, the seat you sit on becomes your altar. That's where you stand and greet people. Mama, how good afternoon, people. Jesus is Lord. Let somebody sitting somewhere not shout you to sit down. Do you know Jesus? Do you think you can speak again? If somebody speaks from behind you, do you know Jesus? Will you talk again? But that very moment, a banner will be lifted by the devil before you like this to see who you are. In the atmosphere of love, you have the confidence to speak about Christ Jesus. You may not know the scriptures that as much as people know, but you know the Christ who saved you. Amen. You know the Christ who saved you. If I don't know anything, I know where I was before you picked me. That's why I'm not ashamed talking about it. Helpless, doomed, meant for destruction. And mercy found me. And mercy said no. And I was taken away from there. You think I don't know where I came from? Can you forget what the day they said to you? The, that day they told you you were born. They said you were born on so and so day, on so and so date. Can you forget that one? But if I ask some of you here, the day you got born again, you can't tell me. You have forgotten that one. The one that involved you, you were present. The other one, you were not present. They told you. What about if they lied? But you believe it. And it has entered all your documents. You don't know among the Ashantis, if they want to name you after a person, and the person was born on, on Wednesday, they may change your own from Friday to Monday. I mean, to Wednesday. They will change it. Because the person they want to name you after is called Koko for you. Koko for you. And you were born on a Thursday. Yeah, for you, they say that's one day. It's not good. That's, there's no rhyming over there. So they change your Thursday to something else. And that's one you believe. They call you Koku. They say, yes, sir. You are a Yao. But when you were born again, when Jesus embraced you and took you from darkness into light, you have forgotten about it. How can you witness to somebody else about something you are not even sure of? Well, somebody like me, I got born again about seven times. So, I can decide to choose any one of them. I answered altar call over and over again. Anywhere they made altar call, I was there present. Until the last one. You are alive. So that you will talk about the Jesus who is life. You are alive for you to talk about Jesus who is what? Life. Alright. Now, can we go there? Chapter 8. I wouldn't want to start from 1 because of the time. But we are going to start from... Um, from verse 3 
As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house. How many houses? It, does it look, tell you about the kind of person? Tell you about the kind of person? Every house. Every what? So, Satan moves from house to house. And Jesus said, you also go. He told them, he said, every house you enter, and they receive you, abide there. When they reject you, go to the next one. It, the whole issue is a house to house issue. House to house. Those of you who have gone into crusades before, I don't belittle that one at all. I don't. But even for your, the growth of your church, crusade is not the better of the two. Because when you are done, you have invested so much and then they come to the point of counseling. That's where you hear. I belong to Pentecost. I'm from so and so. I'm from that. I'm, so by the time you check all those ones and those who don't belong anywhere, you are having about 1,000 of the whoever came in or came out. There are numbers like that. Go from house to where? House. You'll be rejected. Oh, you, don't you know these guys? Um, Jehovah Witnesses? They go from house to house. If you insult them, they will come the following week with some senior persons. Yes. I was in my house as a pastor in Nigeria. A pastor, head of a station. If you like, head of mission. They came to my house to get me born again into Jehovah Witness. I wanted to play, not normally, I'll just say, please, it's okay, don't come. But I wanted to play some game with them. Maybe I could, I could pass on a word to them. So I said, can we pray before we start? They said, no. They prayed before they came. So when somebody comes to say he wants to marry you and say you prayed before, he said, that's the way we just approach Prayed. I prayed before I came. <laughs> they said they prayed. I said, we'll pray here. They said, no. We have prayed. We didn't come here to pray. We came here to share the word with you. <laughs> I just laughed. I just quickly carried them somewhere. I asked them to pray for me that I was having some headache. You know, when they refused, I told them, I told them, look, the person you claim to know instructed us to pray. And said, we should pray without ceasing. So as soon as you prayed at home, you are not outside. They say, pray. We say, I cannot pray. He said, we should go and heal the sick. You are talking about that it's not scriptural to heal the sick. But you know something? They took certain things out. Go to every home. They knock doors. Who is that? We had the one who brought you peace. It's a lie. But they have come. And they take time to carry you through. They have their manuals. This awake and sleep. And they take you through all those ones. And when they, they, when they, are, they are led to they will even put money in your hands. Are you working? No. 
We can help you get a job. Are you understand what I'm saying? And they are going from house to house. And you are the Holy Ghost man. Anointed to the teeth. When you speak, everywhere shakes. And they come to your house to save a soul, so to speak. Your own house. They say nature hates vacuum. If you cannot bring your children to the faith and assume that because you are their father and they go to church with you, they must be born again. These people, Jehovah Witness, will come and born again. They will burn them again on your behalf. And they leave something behind. And they will keep on coming and keep on coming and keep on coming until they get their soul. When you push them, they will go and come back. When you were rejected in a house, that was there. You didn't go there again. The other time you went to Judea, they wanted to stone you, and yet you say, we'll go again. And he told them, when you have life, talking about light, that's a time to work. A time is coming when there will be no life, and there will be no light. You cannot work. Why do we forget these scriptures when we come across them? We only quote them to suit our own circumstances. All of you who are sitting down here, let me say about 95% of you may be born again, speaking in tongues. But what the demand is that God is expecting us to execute we take it so lightly, so lightly. Well, they were there in Jerusalem because the Holy Ghost had come. There was a manifestation of glory and power. And so they were there. I believe they were receiving some prophet offerings. So they were there in Jerusalem in their numbers and nothing was happening outside there. When you toy with God, because that project is very important to him, he will cause a shaking around you that you may even weep. Persecution came up like that. Like the one that COVID brought now. When COVID came and they closed down churches, were you coming to church? Were you? And I remember I said something here, that the COVID is a dangerous thing, but there's, there are some lessons we've got to learn as believers. What has saved the church in China is their decision not to be enticed by mass congregation but to put the word inside individuals who go and be putting the word inside individuals who go and put inside individuals do you know how many people I have in my assembly do you know and you may say the same about yourself now the number of people that have become Christians because of you they are not in your church you shared with them, you encouraged them. They, they came to accept Christ. They are not in your congregation, as it were. You are a specific, geographically limited assembly. But they, they see you as their pastor, whether you are there or not. Whatever God programs and leaves as a pattern for us, we cannot change it. You see, the issue is this. The word of God does not change. And God himself does not change. 
The programs of God never get a cake. The programs of God never get a cake. They are always new and fresh every morning. Great is the name of the Lord. Very important. If God were, allowed, were to allow changes, we would have made him a sinner long ago. Because from the pew, I mean from the altar to the pew, in some places, the pastor is a sinning believer with sinning believers looking at him and listening to him and hearing him even when he is wrong. I told you about sipping Christians. The sipping Christians. Sipping. Sipping. Christians who are sipping a little whiskey to make your body some red wine it doesn't really matter the alcoholic content will help your body sipping Christians sipping my pastor when I was in one church I won't mention name because people are people are very very um, um, when it comes to um, 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 you understand we're traveling, we're in Nigeria, we're traveling somewhere. We got to your place, we're selling palm wine. And he said, brother, let me buy this for old man, the old man. Let me buy it for who? The old man. We're in his car. Let's buy it for the old man. As we were going, we got to a place. We stopped to ease ourselves. He brought a car from somewhere, nowhere. I didn't know where the car came from. And he was testing the thing on behalf of the old man. A sipping pastor. We had communion one time. I didn't know that was what he was doing. I was his assistant and secretary to the church. And every time we serve in communion, they pour the communion to the is it a vase you call it? Aha. And then from there, you know, it's done. Whatever is left there. I didn't know that whatever is left there, he became the next wing of congregation to take it. Somebody told me that this man drinks. I said, no, no, no. I defend my pastors with all of my might. With all of what? My might. One day, one fellow felt that he, whether he was mad or something in the service, the cardinal, and was advancing towards where the bishop was. I was associated to the bishop. When I, anytime I sat down there, my eyes were everywhere. I must protect my bishop. I stood up. Okay, looked at me. He said, what's up? I said, no, sir. Nothing, sir. I stood up. I just went there. Told the those guys, hold this fellow. Take him to the back and watch him. Any foul move, take him outside and lock him up somewhere. Until service is over. Now, you see, it's not because the man needed protection. I was the one who was crazy about my, my leader. That's all. I was crazy about it. It has been like that for many years. Yeah. Many years. Several years ago, I couldn't even dress better than my pastor. I'm not prescribing that for you. I'm not. That was me. I was very young in the faith. Couldn't. Now, when I mentioned the name of the church, 
somebody here can be very angry. So I will not. One day he called me, Brother Fosu. I said, Yes, I said, Come to the vestry. Who went to the vestry? And he said, uh, The scripture says, Those that work at the altar, they eat from the altar. I said, Yes. Now, that day, some people came for naming and for Thanksgiving, and they brought chicken and they brought yam, they brought everything. The only thing that you brought to church, you, my pastor, they put it under my table. Right there in the hall. So I thought he was going to give me one chicken. He brought the eating now. <laughs> he said, this is what is left for communion. So this is your portion. Drink it. I didn't know the thing was that alcoholic. When I took the thing, light, light, there was ECG. No, it was Nepal. Light off. Light off. Didn't know which step to take next. And you know something? I know where I came from. So I don't joke with sipping. I know where I came from. I know where I was. I know. Those of you who are here won't stop drinking. That's your weakness. I don't know how many bottles of beer you, you take and you get drunk. I encountered one man like that. Get born again. He said that it's difficult. What's difficult? He said, uh, What's your first name? Beer. Oh, how many do you take to get drunk? He said, Three. I so loved. I loved the man. Why are you laughing? Three bottles of beer. So your life is worth three bottles of beer. And I think three bottles of beer was when we had gone to the place to announce and tell people that we were here. Three bottles of beer under 15 minutes. Then we now sit down and call for it. We'll be drinking from cotton. What are you talking about? And now Jesus saved you and you are still sipping. You are following women like a dog. He saved you now. You are still following women. When you are going and you see a woman, that's how your head will be turned like this. Like a robot. When you are done, can you not talk to the person about Christ? And when we talk about these things, you get angry and leave church. When we talk against sin, you get angry. In case you want to get angry, get angry today. But you cannot leave. You made the mistake of coming. You are under a chain that will keep you before Christ every time. Can't go anywhere. Why are you going? That is the assignment we are giving. Go from place to place. One Jehovah Witness leader, I have his book. He read the scriptures and came across the issue of new birth. He examined the thing closely and he saw that what they were talking about in their place was not the ideal thing. It wasn't the right thing, not the idea, not the right thing. So he began to speak what is the truth. And he was sacked. He had risen very high. He understood their principles. So he went to a place, a town. I understand it was not too big a town. Maybe about 200, 300 houses in the place. And then he started a church there. And began to apply their principles of going from house to house. He kept on knocking house to house, house to house, house to house. In three years, he had won everybody in the town for Jesus. Everybody. One man. If God decorates that man, you will sit down there and say, but his membership is just about 1,000. And I have 2,000. You have 2,000. You have the capacity to have gone beyond that one. They may not be in your temple, but they will be everywhere. 
we have no choice. Stop praying to God for money. Stop praying to God concerning your business. There is what to do to make your business prosper. There's what to do. The kingdom. Kingdom work must become your primary concern and then leave the rest for him to do. We can't trust God with that one. That's the problem. We don't trust him. We don't trust him. And anybody who cannot trust God cannot trust men. Hmm? Every, I told you before, every gift that you have is meant to tie into this sowing. Every gift that God gave to you is to make room for you, for a door to be opened, for you to bring people into the kingdom. It is not meant for fanfare. It's not for name. It is for him. Hello? Are you hearing me? Now you see, all the things I tell you that you throw away into the dustbin, a time is coming when you may not have me talk to you about those things. But you may have some of those psychedelic Christians and leaders and pastors come to talk to you and talk to your feeling. I don't care about your feeling. I wasn't sent to talk about your feeling. I wasn't sent to make you feel good. I'm telling the truth which you don't like to hear. Listen to me. The kingdom of God is the assignment you have. He gave you grace of eloquence. It is meant for you to add to the kingdom. Charlie, thank you. There's some improvement here. Hallelujah. Are you there? Are we still friends? Uh, you won't throw me away? The issue is that when they wanted to throw Jesus down the hill, he turned and walked through them. We don't like truth. We don't like to be corrected. But it is my duty to correct you whether you are angry or not. I will keep on talking like I'm talking like this until the day when I cannot open my mouth. Even on that bed, that day when Christ says, I'm come home, come home, I will excuse me, please give me terminus. Give me what? Terminus. Call all those leaders and bring them here to you. <laughs> when I saw Jacob calling his children, he said, Come and let me tell you things that lie ahead of you. Anytime I see that girl excited, I say, Day is coming. When I will be there, call all of you. Technology has helped us. So no matter where you are, I may be able to reach you. Just on one button, pimp like this. And I tell you, don't forget what I told you so and so time. Don't forget what I told you. Don't forget what I told you. And then I tell the Lord, so we can go now. We can do what? We can go. May you not come to a point where you will say, how I wish. Had I known is the greatest malaria that you cannot cure. It weakens your bones. It kills you gradually. Had I known, if I had known, you have an elderly person around you, don't despise the person because of some, some deficiencies the person may have. Some years ago, he was better than you. The world doesn't respect aged people. So when somebody gets old, the children leave him. Relations leave him and they carry him to 
old, what do they call it? The old people's home. For him to go and die and die regretting that he came to this world. No one to give him comfort. He said, you are useless. You are useless now. You are always wetting your bed. You are useless now. Don't you know that life is a cycle? You come as a child, wetting your bed, and they give you pampas. Sometimes you shoot beyond the pampas. Anything you want, it's a cry that you cry. They say, take that. Take this one. Take the mother, your mother will put his, his, uh, his breast into your, your mouth. As a reaction, you bite it. You remove it. What is it now? Are you sick? Everything you want, it is crying. When they are getting old, they begin to manifest that kind of thing. They don't understand anything. Like me, I don't understand anything that is not known to me. I don't understand it. Whatever is not here, I don't understand it. But when I got born again, I gave out my academic books. I saw some of them to buy Christian Bible-related scripture. That's what I know. I don't know anything. Outside that one, I'm not saying go and not know things. Get knowledge, but let every knowledge tie down to the Bible. Let it be tied into the word of God. Every knowledge you have, whatever course you are reading, let it tie Tie it to the Holy Ghost. Tie it to the Word of God. Tie it to salvation. Tie it to kingdom building. That's why He gave you your privilege. On this man, please, where we go. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Therefore, those who were scattered, so they scattered, went everywhere. What were they doing? When you leave here after service, what do you do? Those who were scattered went everywhere. The word you receive, what do you do with the word? I made a statement one day, some of you got offended, you were very, very angry. The only reason you couldn't come to me is that you fear my size and you fear my age. You couldn't come. When I told you that after service, Instead of going home to use the word, you sit down here and talk and talk and forget about what you, you heard. When I said that one, now you were offended. You know that day when I finished, I went through here. Do you know the meaning? You can do anything you want to do. I don't care. I want to be, I want to be office. If anybody tells her, I didn't know what I was talking about. It's a lie. I knew what I was talking about. If I were you, when I hear things of that nature that I know I need, after the service, I will look for one place and talk to God. Lord, I need your help in this area. Holy Ghost, help me. Take me deeper into this thing. More revelation than what I heard. And you make sure you imbibe the thing into your spirit and then it will profit you. But here you are, you sit down and talk. I don't know what you are talking about. I don't think you are talking about the church. Because if you are doing, you'll be praying for the church more. And you'll go out and win souls more. I don't know what you do. 
I've asked God to help me enter my spirit realm. When I'll come and be sitting here, you won't see me. And then I'll be listening to what you are saying. I, I, I'm not saying don't talk to your friends. No. I'm only saying don't waste the word. Don't waste the word. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't. Don't. Word of God is precious. Don't waste it. One best way to share what you hear, I mean to keep what you hear, is to share it. Anytime God opens my eyes to see things, I share with people. I don't waste time at all. I share. I share. Sometimes my wife will just hear me, hallelujah. Something has dropped. And he said, which one again now? I said, did you, can you hear what the Lord is saying? I will share that one. The next Sunday, whether I'm preaching on that subject or not, I will share what he told me. Why? Whatever you sow, you reap. Share the little that you know. It may not be absolutely right, but you share it. And then somebody come and tell you something more. Are you here this morning? Somebody turning this clock. Can we go ahead? They scattered. If you don't do the way God will scatter you, it's not an insult, it's not a curse, it's not a prayer. Scatter you. You know how he scatters people? When I was with Bishop George, one day I was there, Sister Kay, and he said, uh, Pastor. Can I be allowed to sleep in the church? I said, why? They sack you from your house. He said, no. He said, I need to talk to God. About what? Her business had gone down. Her business had gone down. Scattering had taken place. So now she wanted to be closer to God. Nearer to me. Oh my God. I want to be nearer to you. So the altar was a place. I gave her permission. I told chief security, allow her to sleep there. Morning, afternoon, evening, if that will happen. And in the night, you will see her. After two weeks, something happened. She had testimony. Left the altar. Went to the market. Got lost in the market. So we had to look for her to bring her back home. Scatter. So we are not saying somebody will chase you out from anywhere. No, but you will scatter. There are things you hold on to firmly with joy and excitement and talk about. He will take you away from that place. Why? Because your life is precious to him. Your life is what? Precious. They scattered but because the word of God was inside them, it was not in their head, it was in their heart. Everywhere they went, they shared this one. And this man who was called a deacon, his name was Philip. He was among the people who were appointed in chapter 6 of Acts, from verse 1 to 4. Appointed to serve tables. To serve what? Tables. It's because of lack of understanding that you get offended because you are not standing on the altar here. Go and study Bible. You say, I'm not a pastor. 
It's only the person who wants something to preach. And so you sit down there and you waste God's word, precious word that comes to you. You throw it somewhere else. Okay, pastor's wives, listen to me. Your, your husband's position will not cover you. Do not, so stop. Pastor's wife, have you not seen pastor's children who are wayward? Plenty of them. Plenty of them. Pastor's children, plenty of them wayward. Wayward. You will see them rastafarian. Twisted the hair. When he's coming, you have seen Bonsam. You know Bonsam? Bonsam. What do I say? Ask him, who's your father? My father is going to tell you. Ah! Why? They took the thing for granted. My father is a pastor, so I'm, I'm covered. Because when I save one, I save the one and the family. Mama, mama, it is not correct. It is not. The soul that sins shall what? Die. We get saved at personal levels. It's not congregational. It is not, it is not corporate. It's individual. So bring your child up. Bring that child up in the way that he should go. Assuming that you know it. So when the child grows, he won't depart from it. Anywhere you are going to hear God's word, even when you have an opportunity, you won't carry your family. You are the only one who will go there with your Bible, big Bible. When you come, you call one of the children who are already tired. Carry this Bible, put it somewhere for me. Watch over it. Why? Because you won't touch it again until the next meeting. Live ready. Tell somebody, live ready. Live ready. Yeah, because you don't know when, when God will send you somewhere. You don't know it. You don't know it. You can't tell him, Lord, you didn't give me time to prepare. You have been preparing. You have sufficient time. Then your wife is pregnant. And now the woman is giving birth. And now you send a message to your friend. But now you need to help me. So what he said, my wife suddenly gave birth. My wife suddenly. Hey! That means the woman gave birth without notice. And you were given nine months, not in advice, more than nine months, because when you were trying to organize it, there was notice already. In case this your program should succeed, you are going to be this. True of us, pastor, pastor, pastor. It's okay. It's good. You will not know when your 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 leadership quality will be tested. Where you are, there's nobody who knows anything. You are the one. And an occasion comes for you to show for the glory of God. And here you are. You waste it. This man here, this, uh, this Dan, uh, David. David made me to watch football yesterday. Uh, you, David, there are many here now. That's why I feel safe talking about it. David. He made me to watch football. They gave one day a good pass to one fellow and he wasted it. 
A second one came, he was, I got angry. I said, if I, I, this guy, I would, I would have slapped him from me. <laughs> That's the same way we disappoint God. When he gives us a good pass, a good pass will shoot you out. And then you blow it. You will never blow your opportunities. You won't blow away your opportunities. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are called by God unto this holy work. And you have a help. Not a helper. But your help lives on your inside. And it works on you from the outside. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. Well, you have told stories too many times. It is time to tell truth. You have told stories many times. What she Teresa you know Teresa? There was one man. The man was there. There was a man on the head was like multiples of head. There's one here, there's one there. Then people laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. You have tried, it's enough. You've made people to laugh, it is enough. Now, after they have laughed, give them the light. For they are still in darkness. It's now to talk the truth. Amen. Can we go on? She'll be the first one to complain when I stay for one hour. And the multitudes with one accord heeded to the things that he said. Ah, are you right? Have you not gone beyond me? No. Verse 5 talks about Philip going to Samaria. Good. He went down to the city of Samaria and preached who? What is your message? Your message for this assignment is Christ. It is not your church. It is Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ. The one who was crucified, who died and rose again and is now sitting with the Father. The one who gave his life as an atoning factor for us to bring us back to God. He's the one you are talking about. Jesus Christ who endured that cross, endured all the punishment that you and I should go free. The one who took our place in shame and reproach. He took our place in insults and nakedness. He took our place. The punishment that was due us, he took it over. And he broke peace on our behalf. That's the person you are talking about. There's a song we used to sing in Esri in those days. Brother, tell me what you have. I have joy. Monto. Uh huh. Is that Mrs. Um, I'm hearing somebody's voice. There's a voice I know. You will sing songs like that. Tell me what you have, my brother. I have joy. In the midst of poverty, I have joy. In the midst of persecution, I have joy. It is with my joy that I will draw out waters from the wells of salvation. So I don't lose my joy, but I can keep on pressing in. Listen. You can sustain the healing you receive from a program with you heeding to 
this assignment. The blessing that God has given you, you can sustain it as you keep on sharing the word of God with people. Praying for their salvation. Spending some money calling them to find out how they are doing. Inviting them to the service here. Asking them to come for Bible studies. And when necessary, paying their transport for them to come. You don't have to be a pastor to be a kingdom servant. And God is looking for, he's looking for servant leaders who lay their life down for the people. Not bosses. If at your appearance everybody takes cover, you are you are serving in a cemetery. Because when you appear in a cemetery, all the all the ghosts they go back to the grave. Even if they are around there, they, all of them they enter. Let's go before this man starts talking nonsense to us. Hallelujah! Don't let people run away when they see you. Growing up, anytime my father came from outside, the moment we we heard his voice, we would take over. We would say that because the man would find something wrong somewhere. My children be, began to behave like that. You see, the issue is that if you meet me, I will deal with you. No, that's the truth. If you ask your father, he will tell you. You misbehave, I will put the fear of God in you. Without limits at all. Now, I'll tell you how not to misbehave. That one is part of me till today. Why? You bear my name. You do what? You bear my name. And that is why God won't be happy if I misbehave because I bear his name. If you don't love yourself, love God. And protect that name. Protect it. Stay away from things that people, even sane people in life will not do. Stay away. A woman's presence is always luring you into, 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 into committing what you shouldn't commit. And you are still saying that you are anointed. I've told you before, one lady that wanted to marry me. Yes, by force. Is it not because you are married? I'd have loved to marry you. She wrote a letter to me twice. And said, so please help me get somebody like you for me. And then she said, I have decided not to put my name there because I know you. You disgrace me in church. Oh, she had proper understanding of that man. I would have leveled her proper before the congregation. And I've not changed. I've not changed because of age. No, I've not. I've been quiet watching you. I've not. Why? I must protect you. I must do what? Recently, I think we were coming to church or we were going somewhere. My wife dressed and then 
Okay, she picked the cloth and said she wanted the weather. I said, no. I said, what? No. Was it not good? It was good. But no. That can be worn some other time. But that moment, no. It didn't appeal to my spirit. You ask me questions, I can't answer because the thing just came from me. No. Am I an oppressor? No. I'm not. I'm a lover. When you dress, your husband tells you, don't do that one. You say, what does it matter? It matters. There's something about your husband you have not noticed. That thing will disturb the man. You dress as a man, you are going, your wife says, this thing is not good. You say, it's not, it's not, I'm not going far now. I'm going. You know what it means by going far? Because when you step out, the person you never imagined that you will meet will be in front of your house. Your wife wants to protect your image and you must protect it. So all the wife listen to me. Stop all these things that you saw somebody dressed in a manner and you think it is okay. You want to dress that way. Your husband says no. And you say no. Whatever you do, I will dress it. Sincerely speaking, if your husband should be me, I will let you go, but I will knock you out with prayer. I can be as deadly as that. I will knock you out with prayer. You won't get to where you are going. It's better for me to knock you out so you come back home angry than for you to go and suffer. You preach Christ, so go and preach Christ. Stop talking about yourself. When I went to Europe, when I went to America, I was in Australia. I was there. I was, in fact, I went to greet Jomo Kenyatta. You can greet anything. If your experience somewhere will help the person to understand what you are saying, I have no problem with that one. But don't go and sell yourself. Go and sell Jesus. Don't carry your thing, your gold evangelism. And then you go and sell yourself. Brother, you want to be like me? See, look at my dress. You see, I look good. It's because my God can make you look good. That's not the message. When the person comes and he doesn't get what it takes to look good because it took you some time before you began to look good, he won't have the patience for it. He will say you have lied to him. But give the person Jesus. Let him come and encounter Jesus. You may be surprised that that person's growth will be faster than yours. The people who were present when they had the Holy Ghost on me later became my church members. They were present. They helped my, my leader to administer Holy Ghost baptism on me. They were there. They were there when I was baptized in water. They were there. I used to call them my seniors. But when the Lord visited, what did I say? When he visited, the tables turned around. Don't give people hope that they will not get the next day. That's not why you are sent. Go and tell them about Jesus. How much Jesus loved them. How much price he paid. How much God values them. For coming to Christ. Tell them that one. Tell them the challenges may come. They will only endure for a night. Because joy cometh in the morning. 
Tell them that. Tell them that they have booked a place in the kingdom of God. That when the Lord sits at his table in the last day, they will be there with him. Tell them that their future is secured. Tell them that they are never alone because they have the Holy Ghost at work in them. They have the angels around them. And they have Jesus standing for them at all times. Tell them that whatever God has blessed them with, they will surely handle it. Let them know how to go about it. It took you five years to get to where you are. Don't promise them that they will get to where you are in one year. You'll be disappointed. He preached Christ to them. Yes, go ahead. I'll, I'll stop soon. And the multitudes with one accord, it's as if they held a meeting. They heeded the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Philip did not go to Samaria to do miracles. He went there to share the word of God. That's what the Bible says. And they that scattered went preaching. And the word began to manifest. Because he that sent them said, I shall be with you even unto the end of the age. And the Bible says he went with them. He was confirming the things that they, 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 they preached with signs and with wonders. It is there on the field that you will see the grace of God upon your life. It is there on the field that you come to discover that you could, you also could pray for a dying person to get well. It is inside you. If you make the mistake of going to stand in front of our structure here, out there in the street, come over, everyone that has headache, stomach ache, HIV call the name come I will heal you here if God doesn't help you they will carry you <laughs> why because it is not from you it is from him so when I be lifted up then I will draw all men unto myself so lift me up lift him what up and let him do the thing you can't do anything outside him. People have different giftings, but people don't have different words. It is one word producing different giftings. I want to take note of that one. Get to the next one. Now listen. You stop scrolling the thing. I want to mention something to you when I sit down. Now listen to me. There are two, you, you saw it in the, in the outline that you, you considered today. There are two ways of, of doing this soul winning thing. It's a mass thing, like I mentioned, and there's a person-to-person -person one. To me, as a leader of a local assembly, the better of the two is one-on-one -on -one evangelism. If we are going out into areas where we are not known we combine the two even where we are known we may combine the two organizing some crusades at a point and then also doing the one-on-one -on -one business one-on-one -on -one business makes you to have better contact with the people you can listen to their challenges you can address those challenges 
Now, Philip, we are not told what he did. We are told he preached Christ. But listen very carefully. In verse 9, sorry. We are told that there was a certain man who was a magician who was also performing wonders. You are not the only person who, have, who has access to signs and wonders. The magician was also performing things that went beyond the understanding of men, the realms of the supernatural. But yours is the product of the word of God. It has the seal of the Holy Ghost upon it. So it will always triumph. You heard what Pastor uh, Apostle Ender said here? In their, their father's fetish ground, they were healing people. They were doing all manner of things. So if it were just the issue of signs and wonders, you have seen something before. But there's what the word does in a person's life. It changes that person. The word of God has the power to change. Changes the person, turns the person around and makes the person who was weak and rejected before become a point of attraction. That wherever you stand and you speak, people feel the presence of God and they are attended to by the Holy Ghost. Now, that was there. So, two forces were at work in the town. One represented by that man who was called Simon. He was a sorcerer. The Bible says he also said he was born again. He responded to the altar call that was made. And so has many. Many have responded to the altar call. But they are not genuine. Right. Now, that man that man saw what was going on. The people believe in the preaching of Philip concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ in verse 12. And they were baptized, both men and women. And Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He had a motive. The man may have responded, but he did not remove the garments he had on him to put on the new garment. This is where your teaching will come in. After you told the person about Christ, it is time for you to let go the old man and then let a new man take his place. You are the one to teach that person. So the assignment is not in the person receiving Christ. It doesn't end there. That is just the beginning. He said, go and make disciples for me. Don't let them preach to people and they will go away. We make disciples out of those people. And that was what the man was doing. He was busy working on that one. And then Jerusalem headquarters had it. And they sent people in. Peter and John to come and see what the work that was going on. And when they came, they confirmed the people's exhortation. And by their hands, the Holy Ghost was ministered to them. And when this Simon saw it, he went to ask for a portion of that power. But you see, that was not even the issue that I want to talk about 
in the midst of such great success and achievement on the part of Philip, a deacon, he wasn't part of the apostles, he was not at the forefront, he was only a server. A servant to the people. Then the Lord spoke to him by his agents. He said, get up. Leave the city. Hey! What kind of punishment is this? Leave this city and go over there to the bush. Go and wait. There is a man who came in from Ethiopia. That is my instrument I want to use to reach onto another continent. Go. He sent this man into the bush from the city to the bush. At a time when he was at his peak, where a prophet often will be coming in diverse forms, cash, and the like. Coming, and the Lord, the one that called him, sent him out. I have seen that before. that before. Not once, not twice. Moving from a crowd and going to a place where you are virtually starting all over again. I've seen it. I've tasted it. I've eaten of it. I'm used to it. So when I tell you I will start a church, I will start it. When I tell you I will start a church, I will surely do what? Start it. The owner of the church is God himself. It will not be long, you will hear. You do what? You see, in the tree language, almost see, otifakwa, I'm the headquarters of the church. Me as I'm standing here. I'm the only one. Headquarters. Anywhere I go is headquarters. I've told you before. I'm the headquarters. So when I go to any place, even if we are four people, that's headquarters. It is my duty to go and start churches and plant leaders over them. That's my duty. The years I have ahead of me is training leaders. That's the way the Bible school comes in. And when they come, they must go out. I will not wait to be scattered first. When he speaks, I'm born. I know how to abound and I know how to abase. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not moved by anything. Make it your objective. Where you feel comfortable today, working, may not be the ultimate God has for you. They say, go on transfer, so I'm not going. 
I'll be here. If I were to be your leader, I will not persuade you at all. Because you don't know what is there for you. I won't forget in the year 1990 when my, 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 my contract was not renewed in the place where I was lecturing. It's just because I was a Ghanaian. Or, okay, not a non Nigerian. Let me put that way. When it happened like that, I had all the connections in town. I was a stranger, but I had connections, even to the office of the governor. I said, I will change it. Then one young lady, a Christian lady, he looked at me and said, Brother Fosu, do you know why God is sending you to this new place? Oh, when she spoke, I went out and I wept like a baby. I wept. But that place was where I got to. And God took me through a school. From there, I entered the ministry on full time. That place. I went through challenges of ministry. I wasn't a head pastor there. I was only assisting the pastor who was there. I saw things. I went to the school of ministry. I've told you before. Inside one prison house. When I came out from that place, the test for work disappeared. It was time for me to follow what the Lord had told me to follow. Woe unto those who are at ease in Zion. You don't own yourself. He owns you. Don't dictate for him. Are you hearing me? Pastor Dave, are you hearing me? I've had some chat with you before. <laughs> Praise God. Finally, brethren, this man Philip had an encounter that even the ones who walked with Jesus Christ when he was alive among the twelve, nobody had that encounter. When he heeded to the voice of the Lord, they went to the bush over there. One man was coming in a chariot going back to Ethiopia. They say he was a staff of the of Queen what? Is it Candace they call her? Uh -huh. And that man got born again inside that bush. He had come to Jerusalem. He went to worship at the temple but wasn't born again. His salvation was tied to this feeling. God saw the heart of that man and saw that person should be saved and sent him from a multitude to one. And he went. Got that person saved. And God did one strange thing. He gave him a flight. He gave him what? A flight. I called that one Philip Airline. 
as soon as the man got baptized, he gave his life to Jesus, he got baptized in the bush over there, and then God took Philip from that place. He vanished from the sight of that man, and the next place they saw him was Azotus. He enjoyed a divine lifting that those who had gone ahead of him did not enjoy. God took him something where? I mean somewhere else. Higher levels. You may be standing on the way to your greater heights with your personal decisions. Leave the paid job and come and start a little table business of selling toffee how can I, a graduate, an MSc holder, come and sit under this canopy with the heat and then be selling gari and oil? It is not possible. I'm a man used to tying ties. I can't. What will people say when they see me? What would they say when they see you mad? God distinguished that man. He did what? By simple obedience. By what? Simple what? Obedience. It was not the task. It was the obedience. And that's how he would test your obedience. He would do what? He would test your obedience. I was to be transferred to a place. The, requ the thing came. It was lower than where I was in terms of size and everything. And pastors around me got offended. In fact, there was one of them who wanted to write to headquarters. That why should they take me to a place lower than where we were? But the moment they told me I was going on transfer and the letter had already come, my spirit left the station where I was. And I started seeing, I told my wife, I said, I'm seeing that place now. I'm seeing the things that should be done in that place. The Lord began to show me some things in that new station. I was ready. When he saw I was ready, then where I was supposed to be now came. It was no longer that place. A different place altogether. Sent ahead of my bishop to go and prepare the grounds for him to move to a place that was far bigger. A place where they were counting about 40,000 people as associate pastor in that place. Listen. Where God wants to take you to, you are the final determinant. You are what? The final determinant. Your response to what God is saying per time is what will take you to your heights. So, live your life for him and let him take you to your heights. I'm not attached to anything. And I thank God for the wife he gave to me. I'm not attached to anything. Don't get attached to anything in life. The day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became a new person. And he owned you. He did what? He owned you. He took you over. And you said, I'm going to serve you. Then let him be. Let him be. And follow what he's telling you to do per time. May the Lord God himself, by his spirit, grant you deeper understanding to the things I've shared with you today. Your life is worth great things. And the great things you will surely get to. 
There's no need for you to panic. Trust God completely. Let God be true in your life and let all men be liars. Trust God completely. He loves you so much, he can disappoint you. He will not lead you where you are not supposed to go. The Lord is your blessing. The Lord is your truth. The Lord is your riches. He is your wealth. And he is your everything. May this same God hold your hands and lead you on to places of greatness. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak against every form of inhibition in your life. Concerning your destiny and your goal and the places God is taking you to. I command them out of your path. In the name of Jesus. And I speak, take yourself out of what God wants you to do. And do what God wants you to do. Remain blessed in the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.